And blessed morning, everyone. You know, let's all stand. And we'll be reading a few chapter verses in 1 John. And I pray that as we look into this word, it will encourage us and challenge us today. Let's read 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever say, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Verse chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning that you once again brought us, O oh Lord, in this place. The reason why we are here is to hear from you. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to manifest strongly in, this, in our midst as we study your word. Lord, I pray that it is you that will convict us. It is you, Lord, that will challenge us. I pray, Lord, that kami po ay maging malalim sa aming pagpapursue of knowing you. Because knowing you, Lord, will help us in our spiritual growth, Lord, in how we deal with each other. I pray that you help us. This morning, we surrender it before you. Take over, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've entitled this sharing with a simple question. The question is this, do you still know me? Do you still know me? Tanong mo sa katabi mo, do you still know me? Knowing him more. Do you still know me? You know, I realize in any relationship, may it be in husband and wife or parents or children and even between friends and even churchmates, the depth of our love towards a person depends on our knowledge of that person. Do you agree? The more you know that person, the more you like that person. I, I, I seldom believe yung you know, love at first sight. Hindi mo pa alam kung may bad breath yun eh. So I do believe when you go deeper in, in, in knowing that person, you begin to like this person. The more you know that person, the more you become closer. You see, the growth and stability of our relationship is developed when there is a constant interaction, there is constant communication, and there's an opportunity for us to have shared experiences. Doon tayo lumalalim. However, we know people change. Say, say to, with me, people change. And because of the change, relationship change. Either this relationship grows stronger or it becomes stagnant or weakened. For example, two, bro two sisters who are so BFF, they were super close and they were faithfully serving the Lord in a ministry. And because of certain misunderstanding, their relationship has been broken. And because of that, they don't talk any longer. There is a distance now. Have you seen that in the church? Now, husband and wife, because of time, because of distance, because of interest, because of pursuit, or even different dreams, when they have different dreams, they have a Greek luck. Mag-aaway sila. And because of that, they, know they, they were once passionate for each other, but now it seems they don't know each other. You see, it's crucial for us 
that we need, if we don't nurture, protect, and value our relationship, we begin to drift apart from each other. I believe this same is true in, with our relationship with God. We can easily drift away in a subtle way. But there's one difference between the relationship of man and the relationship we had with God. You see, the difference is this. God never changed, but people always change. God never changed. Say again. God never changed. But people always change. If you look in the scripture, we have King David who killed Goliath. And he became a king. When he became a king, he became, I would say, he became self-centered that he didn't want to go battle. What he wanted to do is what? Go to the lobby of his palace and start peeping at people. And he saw Bathsheba. A person so godly, so holy, who worshiped God, and suddenly he's at this place. Something changed. Another person, his son, King Solomon. King Solomon built a temple. But in his later part of his age, what happened? He married many wives. He, they said 700 wives, 300 concubines, 1,000 altogether. 1,000 divided by 365 equal 3 per day. And what happened? Even he built altars and he worshiped. His heart changed. Demas, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he said, Demas deserted me because he loved the world. Not just an individual, even a church changed. When John was writing to, to, to the churches, he was writing to Ephesus. He says the church, this church, were really good in doctrine. They can really discern, but what happened? You have forgotten, you have forsaken your first love. Even today, to all of us, people who started on fire for God, but they have lost their passion for Him and for His kingdom. People change. Once, some of us once were so vibrant in our walk, but our relationship with God have become distant and lifeless. Why? Because we have become spiritually careless in many ways. We don't take time to read our Bible. We don't take time to pray. And there's something that changed in our heart. Even ministries in churches change. Once a church so thriving or a ministry is thriving, what happened? Now they are still trying to survive. Why? They can't, can't go to a breakthrough. They're trying to organize, re reorganize, plan, and replan, but they cannot break through. Something changed. You know what? If you step back, there are many possible reasons, but many times it points to one thing. They have drifted away from the relationship with God. Because our fruitfulness is now life. May it be in ministry, may it be in as a church, may it be in our personal walk. It's always abiding. We abide and that's why we are fruitful. Therefore, my question, mga kapatid, do you still know Him? Tanong mo sa katabi mo, do you still know Him? Or maybe I rephrase it, are you growing in knowing God? You see, when John wrote the letters, and even the Gospel of John, he used the word know so much, yung K-N-N-O. No. He used it many times. 
In the Gospel of John, he used it 49 times. In 1 John, he used it 14 times. The word know in Greek is kinosko. means to learn, to understand, to perceive, and to become acquainted. Now, oftentimes when John used kinosko, he is indicating two things. Either a knowledge or a fact, or a knowledge by experience. A knowledge by a fact or a knowledge by experience. The two are different. Let me give you an example. Knowing, by, knowing a fact or knowledge and a first of information is something like this. One plus one, what's the answer? Two plus two. Palapaan natin ang mga children. That's the fact. What's the color of a mango? Depende kung hinog. That's the fact. We know that. That's an information. Or maybe a, 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 a knowledge or a knowledge of an expertise. Uh, some of you are good in massage, right? Alam nila, ang daming lamig, Pastor Will. Dito lamig, dito lamig, puro lamig. Or some of you knows how to cut hair. And you, are, you will trust that person who knows how to cut hair. Will you trust me to cut your hair? You will not trust me because you know I don't know. That's one aspect of knowledge. But there's another aspect of knowledge when you're trying to know a person. Because when you know a fact, normally you just have that. But if you try to know a person, it will never end. The more you spend time talking and having that collaboration with that person, as you go deeper in building that relation, you'll be surprised that, that, you have, that your knowledge of that person is limited. Especially if you're husband and wife. You know, you're early cloud nine, happy kayo, but later part, ganun pala siya magalit. Ganun pala siya matulog. Ganun pala siya kakalinis. So it's a progressive of knowledge as you spend time with that person. You know who's my Facebook friend? Kilala nyo? Si Lee Kwan, Lee Sinyong. Si Lee Sinyong, yung Prime Minister ngayon. Do you know? You check my Facebook. He's my friend. I can know about him, but I don't really know his personal life. You see, you can have many Facebook friends, but you don't really know each one of them. You see, the knowledge of knowing a person requires instant, I would say, constant interaction and communication. And I believe if we are to grow in a spiritual growth, we need both the fact and the experience. We cannot forego. You cannot say, oh, I experienced this is from God. You have to be based on the scripture. But oftentimes in our spiritual journey, our emphasis is the knowledge of fact about God. That we put, neglect the pursuit of knowing Him in a personal level. Knowing Him in our decision making. Knowing Him in our prayer. Knowing Him in our trials. Knowing Him when we do our work. That daily walk with the Lord. You see, look at what God said here in Hosea. He said in Hosea 6, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burn offering. See, God was telling His people, 
You were doing a lot of sacrifice. You were doing a lot of burnt offering. But what I want from you is that you know me. And sometimes, ganun tayo. You see, a person can be articulate. A person can teach, can preach, explain a lot of things about God. But having a deep walk with God, we don't know. You know, I'm reading this book by J.I. Parker. He said, the weed of our knowledge about Him is no gauge of our depth of our knowledge of Him. Kahit ang dami mong alam, doesn't mean you are really having the deep relationship with Him. Therefore, let's ask ourselves, do I still know Him? And today, as we look in the Word of God, here are some principles why knowing Him is a great importance in our spiritual work. First, Knowing God defines us. Knowing God defines us. Our, our deeper intimacy and walk with God will help us answer important questions in our life. Questions like who we are, why we are created, and how should we live. You know, if, if, if we intend to live a life that's full, a life that's with purpose and objective, then the person must discover this reason, must cover the answer of this question, why are they created? If you look back in, our, in, uh, in Genesis, the book of Genesis indicates to us the purpose of man. You see, man were created to take dominion over creation, to manage, to take care. That's what God gave them, gave us. See, man were created to go and multiply, to reproduce, to populate. And lastly, man were also created for fellowship. Say fellowship. See, being part, being part of being made in God's image is the ability to communicate, to love, and to have intimacy with others. And that's make us apart from the rest of creation. And when God created us, our heart still, not just for relationship with others, but our heart longs for someone. Because there are always a void, and that void can always be filled by God. I like St. Augustine said, he said, You made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until it rests in you. Until it rests in you. Therefore, we are made, we are made to know God. We are made to know God. However, because of sin came into the picture, that relationship were broken. That relationship were broken. Motivated by unfailing love, God made a way to repair that broken relationship. That's why in Romans 5, 8, But God showed His love for us, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22, He says, And you, once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He is now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. Despite of sin, despite of that broken relationship, God made a way through our, to Jesus to restore that relationship. Therefore, it's not only that God made us, Jesus died for us so that we can be re reconciled once again to Him. Hence, I would like to say this, we are made... We are saved to know and have that relationship with God. We are made. At the same time, we were also saved to have that relationship with God. Out of that relationship, out of that relationship, it defines how we live. Second question, how we live. 
how we live. And in the first John, in the letter of John, there's a few things. Attitude towards word, God's Word. Attitude towards the Holy Spirit. Attitude towards others. Because you know that you are made for God. That you know that you've been redeemed and reconciled for God. Your treatment towards the Word of God will be different. You obey His commandment. You can read that in chapter 2, verse 3 and 5. And you see it consistent in this letter. And also, John constantly reminds us the work of the Holy Spirit. Because you are saved, now you have that relationship with God. You have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. That you are abiding in Him. Now your attitude is different. You are no longer living by yourself. But you are living by the Spirit. The attitude changed also the way you treat others. Because of what God did, you love others. Kaya sabi mo sa atabi mo, I love you brother, I love you sister. First, knowing defines, knowing God defines us. Second, knowing God protects us. Knowing God protects us. So we live in a time with false teaching. We live in a time with so much deception that's constantly increasing. Technology and social media are all, more, is all the more multiplying this impact. With much readily available information, people are exposed to lies and false teaching. And if we are not careful, we can be easily enticed by human arguments and persuasion. You know, that's why John... When he was dealing with the false teacher, he wrote this to them. He said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets had gone out into the world. Test. And you can, if you read on in this chapter, he instructed them, which is perfect for us to apply. He said, we are from God. Whoever knows God, again, they say, whoever knows God, listen to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, there's a clear distinction between those who belong to God and those who belong to the world. Those who belong to God, those who know God will listen, will listen and will be able to discern the spirit of truth be able to discern the spirit of er error. Malalaman mo. Because you know God's word and you know the Holy Spirit is leading you. You know, I believe that using human intellect capacity is important. Kailangan ganap, gamitin natin ang utak. Sabi mo sa tabi mo, gamitin mo yan, ha? Kailangan gamitin. That's why we are pushing every one of us to go IBI in all these courses. Because with a lot of things happening, if you are not rooted in God's Word, you will easily be enticed. That's why we're challenging everyone to read your Word. So that our mind will be renewed. Change. But we know that our mind is also limited. 
Do you agree? Our mind will be limited. It's limited. And to be develop the discernment, we need God's help. When we recognize our limitation, all the more you rely and seek the help of the Holy Spirit to teach us and give us that discernment. Hindi lang intellect mo. You surrender what you read. You surrender what to the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He points us in all truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Even in John chapter 14, 26, it says here, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Word of God. At the same time, submission to the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm reading a few things recently and I've encountered this book. Many young people today, many next generation young people are going a term called disconstruction. In this book, Before You Lose Your Faith, he said, what's this construction? Mababasa inyo ito. In times ahead, you, is, you will be exposed in this term. See, this construction is a process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the belief you grew up with. Sometimes the Christian will deconstruct all the way to atheism. Some remain there, but others experience a reconstruction. But the type of faith they end up with up embracing almost never resembled the Christianity they formerly knew. In the U.S., it's, it's very common ito. But I know that in, even in Singapore, it will come to the next generation. They begin to deconstruct what they believe. Now, they said that deconstruct, in, in this book, it says that there's two reasons, main two reasons. One, is Christianity true? Or is it Christianity good? That's the main category. Is it true? Totoo ba nag tayo ay nireate ng Panginoon? Or do we believe that we are from monkey? Yung ganun. Another aspect is totoo ba ang Christianity is good? Bakit ang Christianity away ng away? This is the question of young people today. Sabi nila, love, love one another. Bakit sila nagbabashing? Bakit sila nagchichismis? Why they don't love people who have different race or different, um, of, of different orientation in life? So they are questioning this. They deconstruct. You know, when I was reading the old, many of the articles, many of them approach it, and I praise God some of them have been restored. Many of them. Because they're being mentored and guided. But as I read, I was reminded that, you know, our faith is not just head, but the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God, God, there's so many things I don't know, but reveal it through your word with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I know God will teach us, help us, to discern what is His and is not. Second thing, 
knowing God protects us. Third, knowing God propels us. The propel is an act to push, to drive forward. In the book of Acts, the early church was never positioned in a comfortable setting or environment. See, the early church was birthed not when everything is good, but when everything was a mess. And if you trace their challenges, they are facing a lot of things, doctrinal issue. There were conflict about circumcision. There were conflict about eating food. Second, there's morality in the, in the church. There's also perversion of the gospel. There's false teacher. In the church, early church, there were disunity. There's racial tension between the Jews and the Gentiles. There were disagreement. And also, they were persecuted. But despite of all this happening, they were able to move forward. They were able to propel and advance the kingdom of God. Why? Because they know their God. And there's one account in Acts chapter 4 when the persecution was starting to heat it up. And you know what was their prayer? Their prayer is this, but now Lord, look upon the threat and grants to your servant to continue to speak your word with boldness. They were not afraid. Even though na persecute sila. They say they were praying, give us that boldness. How many of you prayed that before? That give us that boldness. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? They were not afraid because they know Jesus. They were not afraid to speak, to share the gospel because they knew Jesus. They were not afraid to share the testimony because they know Jesus. They experience Him. He's real to their life. They were not afraid. Church, if we are to move forward, if we are to be willing to go to a greater level of faith in the Lord, if we truly desire with our, our team this year to love community, to love family, then we need to have that boldness. Amen? We need to have that boldness. And that boldness is cultivated, developed when you know your God, when you know Him with your life. There's one verse that I, it's been my, I would say, my life verse when I was a young person, when I was a young uh, youth, or I would say a young man, and it's been my life verse. And when I was preparing this, I was being reminded of that verse. It says here, in Deuteronomy 11.32, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know God just stand firm and do great exploits or will take action. 
What's the word there? Those who know their God. Why did Daniel and his friend were able to stand firm in the midst of a Babylonian empire, able to shine brightly? It's because they know their God. Because they know their God. I remember when Pastor Jerry suddenly, Ruel, mag-organize ka pumunta sa Cebu, mag-mission. I was afraid. I was about me early 20s. I don't know how to plan. I don't know what to do. I was afraid. Kasi I've been there once. And that place, is it would take around, if I'm not wrong, nandiyan si Brother Mark, I think about four hours, six hours drive to, to that mountain. We were afraid. I said, go, kayo magplano. I was afraid. But I was holding that promise, Lord, those who know their God will do great exploits because you will be fearful. When the Lord tells you something, you will be fearful, right? Tatakot ka. And then another assignment, okay, Roel, pumunta ka, mag-preach sa Mindanao. Ikaw lang mag-isa. Ako? Sinabi ko sa mama ko, ma, punta ako sa Mindanao, mag-preach ako doon kasi in-invite kami. Ang sabi ng mama ko, ano, okay ka ba, Roel? You know, because Mindanao have certain idea. Yes, pupunta ako. I was afraid. I was hesitant to say to pastor said na go. I was afraid. Who would go there alone? Magbubuka ng Cebu, tapos change flight, tapos ikaw lang mag-isa. I was afraid. But this word said, those who know their God would do great exploit. Then the second time, say, mag, send ka na, mag go for a mission trip. And I'm gonna bring my, my girlfriend by that time, ha? Si Ewoks. Saka yung kan, kanyang kapatid, young pa, and si Josiah at that time. They were small. And I said, nako. And I tell the grandfather, nung asawa ko, dadaling ko po sila sa Mindanao. Ewan ko anong sasrespond nila sa akin, eh. I was afraid, but you know, when you know your God, when you know deep inside your heart of who He is and what He's telling you to do, He will provide, He will equip, He will open the door. Amen? You know your God, He will help you to prevail. He will help you to prevail. The beautiful thing is here is to those who know their God, not those who are smartest, not those the most talented, not those who are the richest, not that the one who is the most have the resources. The item that the description is to know their God. Kaya katabi mo, katabi mo, sabi mo sa katabi, but do you really know your God? Oh, you've been sleeping. Katabi mo. Because church, I love all of you. I tell you, I love all of you. They're deep inside my heart. Ewan ko kayo, baka yung madami ng puti ang buko ngayon. I don't know. I love all of you, but my desire is that you fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Enough na yung pa-baby-baby. And one area that we have to go deeper is to know your God. To know your God. To know your God. Number three po lang yan, ha? But one thing, it, as you move forward, to know your God, knowing God will humble us. Will humble us. Why He will humble us? 
Because the Lord uses our life. What we have, the work that we have, the finances that we have, the relationship we have, the, the husband you have, the children that you have, the learning that you have, the studies that you have, all the things that you have comes from the Lord. Even opportunities. All the accomplishment and victories and opportunity never is never, never because of our own. It is because of God. First Corinthians, it says here, chapter 1, he says here, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were noble birth. Oh, my breathing. Alam my breathing? Sushal. But God choose what is foolish in the world and to shame the wise. God choose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God choose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. Verse 29 says there, so that no human might, might boast in the presence of God. In verse 31, that the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Kung gusto mong magmayabang, huwag na yung sarili mo. Sabi mo, sabi ka, sabi mo, huwag na yung sarili mo, please, sister. Namimiss ko lang siya. Masarap naman. In Jeremiah 9, it says here, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let him boast, boast in this, that he, in, and that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practice steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, declares the Lord. Let our boasting be the work of God. May our boasting be His grace. May his, our boasting be His love. May our boasting about Him and Him alone. The more you know God, the more God uses you, the more you recognize that it's about Him and not about you, the more you will humble yourself. You will not elevate yourself na tingin mo ikaw pinakamagaling. Ikaw ang perfect. Kaya tinitanda mo yung sinasabi ni Tita Eva, o palagi kang tawa, meron kang you recognize it's all about God. It humbles you. Bakit ka nandito sa Singapore? Tanong mo sabi, oh, mo, bakit ka nandito? Para magjalan-jalan? Hindi. It's more than that. May the Lord open your eyes to see the resources, opportunities, all we have. Because it comes from God and we are stewards of what He has given. And if you are humble enough, you will not say, this is mine, this is my rights, this is my privilege, this is my, it's all about me. What you will see is what God has given you. You are going to surrender it before the Lord and bring Him glory. 
You're going to surrender it before God. God, I have this voice. God, I have this time. Use me. God, I have these resources. Use me. God, I have this talent. Use me. You will not keep it to yourself, but rather you surrender your life to God and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Because you know that everything you have comes from Him. Pati dyan, nandiyan sa iba-ibang bansa, ha? Use what you have for God's glory. Knowing God humbles us, knowing God anchors us. The deeper understanding of who God is in our life will keep us anchored and shaken and moved when everything is going astray. If you look at the book of Psalm, you see David. David written a lot of songs. He was authentic. He was transparent. He was openly expressing his frustration, his challenges before God. And one of them is in Psalms 18. In Psalms 18, when he was writing this song, he was being chased by King Saul as a criminal. And let me read what was his writing. He said here in Psalms 18 verse 1, he said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. My fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am safe from my enemies. Verse 6, in my distress, I call upon the Lord. To my God, I cry for help. For this, for he, from his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reaches to his ears. It anchors us when we face challenges. I think David anchored himself during peacetime. He did not anchor himself during war. He did not anchor himself when he's being chased by the enemy. You know how where he anchored himself? When he's still a small, young shepherd boy. He was able to communicate with the Lord. So take note, during peacetime, when everything is fine, when everything is good, take the time to be rooted in Him so that when struggle comes, when pain comes, you're already anchored. Firmly in the Lord. Ang problema, magbabasa lang tayo pag may problema. Mananalangin lang tayo pag may problema. Another person that speaks of one who's anchored in the God is this. A picture of one who's anchored in God is a story of the prodigal son. Remember the prodigal son? This prodigal son went to his father and said, I want my inheritance. And this prodigal son went out far away and splurged all that he had. And drought came and he was having, he became, famine came and you know what happened? He was not able to find food, so he worked in a pig pen. But at that point of the lowest point of his life, you know what he remembered? He remembered his father. And this is what he said in Luke 15. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. I believe the reason why he returned to his father because he knows his father is merciful. 
is anchored. Some of us, some of us, had failed God. Some of us, our heart had gone cold. Some of us has drifted away from the relationship with Him. But remember this. Our God is merciful. Amen? And He will never fail. Jesus is calling us back to Him. Inviting us to Him. To receive His forgiveness and love and His mercy. As you know, God, we are anchored in Him. As a conclusion, as I call upon the worship team, knowing God defines us. Say, defines us. Defines who we are and how we should live. Knowing God protects us from false teachers, from the things in the world. Knowing God also propels us to move forward despite of the challenges we might face. Because we know our God, we do great exploit. Knowing God also humbles us because all that we have comes from God. And knowing God anchors us because we know He's there when we need help and we know that He is merciful to accept us despite many times tayo ay nagkakamali at lumalayo sa kanyang pag-ibig. As I close, recently I've been contemplating ilang ayos na? Recently, I've been contemplating. Last week, we, the board, the elders have prayed that I'll be the pastor here. I asked myself, what can I offer? I asked myself, I was contemplating. What will be my first message as the pastor here? And I was brought into two stories of three people. First is Moses. He was used by God. But there's one prayer that he said. He said here, please show me your glory. Next person is David. All the great exploits, if you read his Psalms, this one Psalm he said, in Psalms 27, one thing I have asked of the Lord, and I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. And the last person that I was being reminded this Paul. Paul in his work, in his busyness, this is what he said. For this sake I've suffered the loss of things and count them as rubbish 
in order that I may gain Christ. That I may gain Christ. In verse 10, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. Of all these three people, despite of the work that they have done, the responsibility in the things they have done in the church, one thing is consistent in their lives. Their passion for the Lord. And it is my prayer, church, as I serve you and lead this church, we might be doing a lot of things. We might be going a lot of things. But deep in my heart, my real core of message for this church is to continue to love Him and love Him and love Him more. If I can do that, if we can work together and do that, I believe the Lord is pleased. Because we can do a lot of mission work. We can sing a lot of beautiful songs. We can do a lot of activities in the church. But if God is not the focus, if it does not draw us to love Him more, then we will miss the mark. The greatest thing that we can do as church to know Him, to love Him, to love Jesus more and more. Let us stand. Holy God. Lord, you have reminded us that our focus is you, Lord. And one thing, Lord, that's so important in the midst of our busyness in life and even busyness in church, Lord, I pray that our heart, our focus, our attention, our direction, our drive, Lord, is always to know you and to love you. Lord, I pray in this place, kung sino man po na naglalamig ngayon, na napapalayo sa inyo, you know the heart. We ask for your Holy Spirit to just touch the hearts of God. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin to touch the heart. Remind them of who you are, that you are a merciful God, that you are a loving God, that we, your children, there are times we fail, that there are times, Lord, we drift away, but yet you are calling us and you are inviting us to draw near to you. And you promise that you will draw near to us. And you promise, oh Lord, that search you with all your heart. And you said, Lord, and we will find you. Lord, I pray in this place that we will grow in knowing you. Even, Lord, as we study IBI in our pursuit of knowledge, of more truth, I pray the objective of our learning is not just to fill our heads, but, Lord, is to know you more and more. And when we pray, Lord, I pray that our prayer will not just be asking of our requests, asking, Lord, of what we want, asking of direction, but, Lord, let our prayer, Lord, is to search you and to love you. Lord, baptize us with your spirit and with your love so that we may come to you having that right direction to know you more. Hallelujah.
before we close, let's just come to the Lord and just sing this song. Lord, you are.
Some of our elders will be here. We want to pray with you. So if anyone, after I give the benediction, please come in front. And we want to pray. whatever you do in word indeed 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him Lord we thank you for this morning that you have brought us in reminding us that we are created for you that we are saved for you and may we go deeper knowing you Salamat Panginoon if anyone want to be prayed for as the worship team are playing you can come to be prayed the elders will be here to pray with you. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord our clap offering.